Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And welcome, this is Tim Grady and Lou Weiss will be joining us shortly on Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're here with our guest Norbert Orr, who is the Director of uh, Industry Research Reports. And Norbert Weiss covers the uh, global purchasing managers indices around the world. There are some 18 of them that he follows. Plus, there are those in the local uh, areas of the USA that he follows. So uh, I just want to take a moment here at the top of the hour, by the way, to remind our listeners of something, and that is June 12 through 14, you have an opportunity to join some 8,000 professionals in New York at the Jacob Javits Convention Center for the East Coast's largest advanced design and manufacturing event. For three days of industry immersion, find the innovations, inspiration, and industry contacts you need to solve your toughest manufacturing challenges this is a great event. We've got MD&M East there, East Pack, ATX, Plastex East, Design and Manufacturing Atlantic, and the Quality Expo, all put together by UBM. If you want more information, go to mfgtalkradio.com, and you can find a banner ad there, and you can click on that and get the information, and then you can go to registration. So we look forward to you visiting us at MFG Talk Radio to find out more about the Advanced Manufacturing and Design Show in New York at the Jacob Javits Convention Center, June 12 through 14. Be sure to be there. Lou, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Are we live? <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> Lou, Lou dashed into the studio at the last second. Uh, Norbert reminded me to call you the late Lou Weiss. Oh, <laughs> okay. Thanks, Norbert. <laughs> I won't. I won't give we you have, credit for an up economy. Yeah. <laughs> but we have uh, Norbert on with us. Norbert, welcome back uh, to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thank you. Glad to be with you. And it was nice seeing you last week. Yeah, it was a good conference for ISM, one of the best that uh, we've had in recent years, great attendance, uh, just another sign that the economy is quite good. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, uh, just uh, for you and the rest of our listeners, uh, uh, we've got the ISM 2018 Nashville up on our website at mfgtalkradio.com. And uh, we've got some uh, great interviews. I think there's uh, 11 or 12 of them. Uh, so anybody wants to listen to it, it's free. If you want to send a check, be my guest. <laughs> well, Norbert, you always have such great information. I'd kind of like to start with uh, the EU. We don't really have much of an update yet on uh, Brexit, the EU. It looks like those economies are doing well. I'm not sure that Brexit is any more than a hiccup, but I'll let you share that with our listeners. Well, certainly Brexit is not showing up as a major challenge as far as the manufacturing data for the U.K. is concerned. Uh, again, this month we see a, a little weakness. Uh, Brexit uh, or the U.K. PMI is at 53.9. That's a, a 
a very solid level uh, and uh, doesn't cause a lot of worry from that. It, the post-Brexit average is in the 55 range, so uh, it's consistent with uh, with that, uh, and we'll continue to follow that closely. The rest of the EU, or uh, not the EU, but the EZ, the Eurozone, the eight uh, countries that comprise the, the major manufacturing contribution to the Eurozone, uh, uh, is, is solid. Uh, France is at 53.8, consistent with what, where the UK is. Spain's 54.4. Uh, even Greece has been uh, uh, positive now for uh, almost a year. Uh, then, of course, you have the, the leaders, which are Germany, uh, the Netherlands, and Austria. Those are all above 58. So, uh, UK, uh, the EZ, the Eurozone, is trailing uh, the U.S. most of the time, but in this case, uh, it's probably leading by just a little bit versus the overall numbers for for the uh, for the for North America in particular. So, a uh, good solid report. The dollar seems to be stabilized uh, somewhere around a, a 1.2. Uh, euros per dollar, uh, and uh, that seems to be holding up fairly well. So uh, the, a stronger dollar definitely helps us uh, maintain uh, our position in terms of imports and exports. So uh, good, good start uh, for the quarter, uh, and uh, look for it to continue. Uh, Norbert, I read someplace over the last week or so, and it was only once, and I'm not quite sure where I read it, but was there some rumblings of a Frexit and a Grexit where France and Germany were questioning whether or not they wanted to stay in the Eurozone economy? Uh, I haven't seen anything that I would take seriously with regard to that. Uh, the, the, the big challenge, as we've talked about uh, from time to time, the the, the big challenge is uh, finding uh, a, a way of converting the currency and uh, dealing with the debt issues and so on. Uh, let's face right. it: if France and Germany, France and Germany were out, uh, that that whole uh, process would be history. Uh, of course, the uh, bureaucrats in Brussels probably wouldn't know it happened until three years later. Uh, <laughs> right. But, well, I'm glad uh, to see that Greece is finally starting to come back. They were a horrible struggle. Um, how you know, Lou and I are always watching South America because we think that's kind of an up and coming market. But with Brazil struggling, so how is Brazil doing these days? Well, Brazil came in at 52.3 this month, and Ooh. if I go back. Uh, 12 months, uh, the average is 51.7, so pretty consistent uh, with what, what we've seen out of Brazil. Uh, the positive is that Brazil has been grow, growing now for 13 months, uh, and so the trend is definitely positive, uh, and it's probably about as good as, uh, you know, in, in uh, quality control, we talk about the capability of a process. Uh, 
that's probably about as capable as Brazil is, is to get into the 52, 53 range and uh, oscillate a little bit uh, back and forth from there. If they got rid of some of their uh, uh, people that put their hands in the till of Brazil, it might get better. <laughs> well, you, you know, Lou, I think uh, that type of activity is pervasive around the globe. Uh, that uh, we don't count it as formal in, in a business. You count overhead. Uh, the, uh, Brazil and other countries like that have a lot of overhead of uh, people that have to get paid uh, before everybody else does. So uh, <laughs> the, that's. That's a challenge that uh, if you don't have the rule of law and you don't have property rights, uh, it's going to be difficult for any economy to ever get established. So you're saying that extortion and uh, criminal activities is an overhead item. (laughs) Exactly. As far as government's concerned, it falls in that category. Yeah. I wonder what we're going to call it in this country. (laughs) Uh, Government (laughs) Just government in general uh, For sure And you saw where tax collections Are the highest uh, You know for those who were doubters About uh, uh, The economic uh, Impact of Tax reform uh, We're looking at uh, The best month we've ever had in terms of uh, Tax collection It's way above we're seeing exactly those that uh, uh, those of us that they demeaningly call supply siders that say that uh, put money in the private sector and everybody benefits, put money in the public sector and politicians benefit. Yeah, right. right. Uh, Nor- Norbert, let's talk uh, for a minute about oil and Texas. Uh, I see that. Uh, uh, Texas manufacturing is up at a 58, 58 and change, and clearly that has a lot to do with uh, $69, $70 a barrel oil. Absolutely, and uh, the Houston uh, uh, index is at 56.6, so Dallas at 50, or Texas overall at 58.7, Houston at 56.6, very solid performance. Uh, Certainly, uh, I had an opportunity to talk to some of my friends from Texas that are in supply chain work, and uh, overall, the areas of of industry that got flooded with the in, in, uh, last year uh, have really come back. But their attitude was, "We've been flooded before. Uh, we know what we're doing with this, and we're able to bring that now." Uh, there's still the tragedy of some of the housing that was lost and uh, not uh, uh, not able to remediate. Uh, but uh, if people have good jobs, and right now they do, and wages are going up, and they are, uh, they'll overcome. Uh, they'll eventually win out uh, over adversity. Uh-huh. I'm just curious, Norbert, about, you know, as we go through all of these surveys and everything is uh, looking up and, you know, some are weaker than they were last month, some are stronger. Uh, The one that I look at is kind of the underlying, one of the underlying drivers is capital expenditures. Uh, You know, take a market, uh, you know, start in the U.S. here. What's happening with capital expenditures kind of around and across the globe? 
Well, they're strong almost everywhere we look. Um, let, let's just focus on, on the U.S. primarily because the rest of it applies, but uh, in many cases to a lesser extent because they don't have the tax reform package that uh, that we have that has a strong incentive for capital investment. What we've seen over the last few months is uh, first the what, what we like to call at Strategus the uh, soft data, which is the regional Fed branches, uh, uh, and they've that's all been positive, and it says that uh, people are investing. Uh, then we have things like the NFIB Small Business Optimism Index. Uh, again, it's at the high, at or near the highest levels that we've seen. Uh, CEO confidence surveys very positive. Uh, our Slim survey, which is a mid-month survey that we do, that uh, we'd love to have anybody's participation that's in manufacturing, and maybe before we close, we can give you the website for that and so on. Uh, ISM new orders and uh, supplier deliveries, uh, again, soft data that has all been trending up, and uh, people said, yeah, but that's the soft data. Where's the hard data? Well, now we're starting to see uh, industrial production, core durable goods, new orders, uh, private non-res fixed investment, S&P 500 constituents in uh, CapEx, those are considered the hard data, and that's all positive. And what we've seen in the first quarter is uh, a 21% increase in capital investment. Uh, the ISM data uh, that came out in their forecast uh, last December, they, their expectation for 2018 was that they would have a uh, – uh, about a three to four percent increase in capex for for the year. Uh, they've revised that now with their April forecast. It says we'll see uh, over ten percent increase uh, for the year. Uh, the the big issue is, is also operating capacity or capacity utilization in manufacturing. Since 1985, we've averaged 81.9. In uh, this report that came out this uh, uh, this past week, uh, we're looking at uh, operating capacity above 85%. Historically, uh, I've observed that when we're at 85% or higher, uh, it kind of opens the floodgates on capital investment. It means that a uh, number of industries are at or above co normal capacity. Uh, so th the story is very positive. Uh, it's not, not quite as good in the non-manufacturing sector as it is in manufacturing, but <clears throat> non-manufacturing isn't as capital intensive, so uh, not, the, uh, not the concern. They, they do spend money on IT. They do spend money on equipment and so on but it's not to the degree that the manufacturing sector does. Is that consistent, Norbert, in other economies? For instance, is the EU uh, very aggressive right now in capital expenditures? Is South America doing anything that's equivalent? Well, anywhere that, uh, that we're seeing an index, overall PMI above 55, 
I would expect to find that uh, they're making capital investments. Uh, whether they have a reform, a tax reform program or not, uh, it's still once you're bumping up against those capacity issues, uh, the only the only true answer is to to increase your investment, and generally the return on the investments there. So uh, they're they're very prone to to go ahead and and, and uh, make that investment, and it's also at a level that it really is driven by customer needs, that their customers need um, more, uh, more, cap- more, more supply and that the, the uh, length of supplier deliveries is not getting out of hand. So uh, they have a real incentive to expand at that point. Okay. Uh, Norbert, there's a, a, I'd like to switch back to domestic for uh, a moment or so. Uh, being that the the bulk of our uh, audience is uh, domestically oriented. Uh, We just did discuss uh, Texas. I'd like to throw in uh, Chicago and California and uh, Canada, uh, if you you could uh, wave your magic wand and give us some insight into those three areas. Right. Well, things, uh, according to the Chicago barometer, things have slowed a little bit in uh, that area, uh, but they were so strong. Uh, back in December, uh, Chicago was at 67.6. And I always need to remind everybody, what we're looking at is numbers above 50 indicate growth, and the higher above 50, the faster the rate of growth is. So. Uh, right. Chicago's number at 67.6, it was just totally unsustainable. Uh, that, that's like a 30% month-over-month increase. Uh, and so you can't do that very many months in a row, but it's still at 57.6, which is probably about right. It's consistent with the uh, uh, ISM manufacturing number at 57.3. So... Um, uh, I think it's it's a good story from there. Uh, the the California we don't have a really good survey that tells what's going on in California that picks up the manufacturing sector. They're losing a lot of manufacturing in California, uh, but we do know that the technology sector is booming that uh, companies that are in that sector that are equipment suppliers, uh, that are chip suppliers, they're all doing well and and going strong. So uh, if we had a a reliable survey, I would uh, would try to use it, but I'm just not Mm -hmm. comfortable with anything uh, because it's a real mix between agriculture and uh, food production and technology. All right, and then our little brother to the north, uh, Canada. Canada, you know, uh, however we, whatever we do in the U.S., Canada tags along, and uh, in some cases leads. But right now, commodities are all strong and, and uh, demand, and prices are rising, and so Canada is getting the, the full benefit of that. Uh, if we look at the number for the month, it's 55.5, and Canada has been consistent uh, over the course of, of the last 10 months. It's averaged 55 
even. So it's a little bit above the 10-month average, uh, but it certainly is uh, a good indication that things are, are going well in Canada and should continue to do so. As long as we continue, so so shall they. Yeah, and, you know, when we look at what means they're doing well, it means their revenues are increasing. And sure. uh, that's what we've seen in all of these countries is uh, uh, significant revenue increases in the neighborhood of uh, 5 to 10 percent. We look at earnings for stocks. Uh, the, there's a, a tremendous uh, uh, amount of strength in the earnings picture with uh, earnings setting uh, record levels in a number of instances. So uh, I think we can look forward to this continuing. Well, their oil, the oil uh, revenues, I'm sure, help them out a lot also. Yeah, absolutely. From- uh, and again, they're commodity-driven. Uh, and, and things are – I just saw an article that uh, I found extremely interesting of uh, new finds of rare earth metals that, uh, that, are, that are being identified and so on, uh, which is, is one of the – things that we would be concerned about long term uh, because uh, most of the uh, technology that we manufacture has some form of rare earth metal involved in it. So uh, an ample supply outside of China uh, would be a good thing. And uh, so, uh, again, we've, we've got, you know, uh, it used to be that the, the wildcatters would look for oil and if they hit a gusher, all their oil would spew everywhere. Uh, today, uh, when they check one of these deposits, they know going in whether it's oil or natural gas, and uh, and it's going to be one or the other. They're not digging a lot of dry holes that they have to contend with. So uh, that's a good situation for global manufacturing also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it seems like everything is just uh, going along hunky-dory. We're seeing the same thing going on in uh, our primary business, uh, All Metals and Forge Group. Uh, Things have uh, picked up and stayed up, and uh, lots of uh, promises uh, that we're hearing and orders to come. Uh, One of the things that all of a sudden, seemingly the last two weeks, has dropped off of the news uh, lately is the steel tariffs, um, and uh, that's a big, I think, a big shakeup. And there are people that are going to be hurting for certain on that. But um, again, it's uh, it's dropped off of the mainstream uh, media. Have you been hearing anything uh, further on that? Well, the, the, nothing's really changed. Uh, there's a lot of discussion going on. Uh, I'm still betting that uh, they will get something done. Uh, China has much to to lose. Uh, everybody, everybody we can make everybody a loser or make everybody a winner. Uh, but I think China has come to the realization that the the party is over as far as them benefiting at, at the expense of everybody else, and so. 
Uh, I think this will resolve itself before we get too deeply into the tariffs. It, it's inconvenient, but this had to be done. We've transferred so much wealth out of the U.S. and you know, uh, two hundred billion dollars in trade uh, is significant on an annual basis. If you do that every year, if we had that imbalance one year because of circumstances or whatever, oil prices shifting, that would be okay. But we can't year after year give away that type of a trade imbalance uh, and not not attempt to do anything about it. Particularly, uh, you know, we, we keep bounce, bouncing back and forth between free trade and fair trade. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, and what we really want is fair free trade. Uh, and so we, we really have to, uh, I think, have to stick to, stick to our, uh, our, our uh, to stick to, to what we want out of that and get help from the Chinese. Uh, the intellectual property issue, uh, they have uh, feasted. On, uh, at our table on intellectual property that they haven't had to develop themselves. Don't know if they can develop it themselves in the long run uh, because of uh, uh, they don't value creativity in the same way that uh, that we do in the United States. So mm-hmm. uh, we got to expect we're always going to be at, at, at the mercy of other countries when it comes to them stealing that uh but we're we're starting to get to the, uh, the the root cause of all this, and I think uh, I, I think we'll like the result. There's uh, an interesting uh, story that's come out just within the last uh, 48 hours, and that's uh, the Chinese uh, uh, electronics firm uh, who makes the iPhone that uh, President Trump has sort of sided with them to. Uh, uh, not to have um, tariffs affect them because uh, it looks like that they're going to wind up losing tens of thousands of jobs. So, uh, have you have you followed this story at all? Uh, probably uh, to the same degree that you have. I've seen the headlines and uh, heard a yeah. uh, story on doing that. Uh, you know, I think that an indication that uh, the administration is more concerned about being a business person than a politician. Mm-hmm. And they, mm-hmm. they know that uh, there, there's an opportunity if they can help China and involves that many people, uh, then maybe they give them some immunity or whatever from the tariffs uh, for the mm-hmm. short term or, or whatever. Uh, knowing uh, the, the ways things seem to operate, uh, particularly with this administration, uh, they expect to get uh, some goodwill. Uh, I think they've got some uh, s- some uh, ec- uh, equity that they uh, build up with the Chinese, uh, the Chinese working with North Korea. Uh, I think it's probably... Uh, a payback of sorts to try to try to do something in that regard. And it seems like uh, everyone's trying to make amends with everyone. And perhaps uh, you're right. And perhaps president Trump is right that uh, 
uh, let's use all these bargaining chips and come to some uh, resolution, uh, which which would be great, which would be great. Well, we'll the, good that plays out. the degree of collaboration of talking with the Chinese and talking about their problems, uh, uh, North Korea uh, is more advanced in the negotiation process than I thought we'd ever see. Uh, in the the foreseeable future. Uh, So obviously they see some benefit. I think uh, the administration is managing the North Korea situation about as well as it can be managed and ultimately would be to everybody's advantage to get them out of the nuclear business. But it's a function of... uh, uh, somebody standing up and saying this is the way it's got to be done and uh, don't draw red lines that you uh, when somebody crosses it you decide the line wasn't important so we're doing some good summit, things I, yes when the summit I, comes I, about in, in Korea and if we see Kim Jong-un wearing a t-shirt that says Rocket Man on it, and we know that we're going in the right direction, and everybody's looking to be friends. Uh, that, well, would, that, that would be worth the price of admission, Lou, to see that t-shirt. <laughs> I think it'll be really interesting. Norbert, just to kind of wrap up this segment, is there anything else you want to share about what is a very favorable report. Uh, I don't know that there are any headwinds other than the tariffs, and hopefully as these agreements get settled out, maybe Trump will take the tariffs back and they'll just go away. Thoughts? Well, I think that's that's the ultimate end game, Tim, is that uh, uh, they pulled the tariffs off the table and we get back closer to... Uh, free or fair free trade uh, it's never going to be totally fair uh, it's got but it also has to have the potential that uh, every year it can't be that they win and we lose that's not uh, that's not fair or free uh, so it, it, I, but I do think it'll go, it'll go in that direction yeah and I would like to take a moment uh, every month and this is the 14th day of the month, so this is when we're working on what we call our SLIM survey, and that strategic leading indicator of manufacturing. Uh, we've got uh, about 60 or 70 manufacturing companies that participate, and the whole idea is that the mid-month to get a feel for what the economy is doing, the U.S. manufacturing economy is doing, and uh, uh We'd love to have anybody willing to participate. We asked two questions. One of them is, uh, are new orders uh, better, same, or worse? And the other is, are supplier deliveries slower, same, or faster? Both are major indicators of uh, activity and expansion in, uh, in, uh, in the manufacturing sector. And if you want to participate, you can reach me at N-O-R-E at... Strategus, S-T-R-A-T-E-G-A-S, R-P. I'll make one word out of that, strategusrp.com. 
Yes, those uh, also give you the two reports that Norbert comes out with each month. This report here, which is the global PMI overview of all of the surveys that Norbert watches and shares with us here on Manufacturing Talk Radio. And then you also get the slim survey results. Both of those come to you free as a participating manufacturer. So we encourage all of our manufacturers that are listening to participate in the slim survey report with Norbert Orr. Norbert, again, thank you for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. And really good as always. Thanks, guys. Take care now, Norbert. We'll see you next time. And we've been speaking with Norbert Orr, who is the Director of Industry Surveys for Strategus Research Partners. He's also a senior correspondent on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You know, Lou and I were at the ISM conference, and I just want to remind uh, all of our listeners of a uh, partner that we work with called ThomasNet. ThomasNet.com had a booth at the ISM conference, which they do every year. Tony Uphoff is their president and CEO, and they are going through a very exciting rebranding. And their changes in both their site and their site performance is really quite excellent. So we encourage everyone to go to thomasnet.com if you're an industrial buyer, a supplier, you know, whatever your participation is in the manufacturing industry, and check out thomasnet.com for all of the information there. And they also send out an industry update, which is quite excellent. They have several different people who do that. They're just two-minute snippets, but uh, the latest is on uh, BIM, Building Industry Materials uh, Standards, which is really a fascinating two-minute update that they just sent out this morning, Lou. Uh, And I might, might mention also that Thomas Nett is also one of the sponsors for the ISM uh, Summit uh, every year. So they are part of the 30 under 30 uh, event and the, uh, the ISM event as well. And actually you can, we've got about 11 interviews that we did uh, the two days that we were there and we've got uh, interviews with uh, uh, Tony Upoff uh, of Thomas and also Tom Derry of ISM, who's the CEO and president. And uh, a couple of the 30 under 30 uh, winners, uh, including uh, the mega uh, mega winner, uh, Charlotte. Help me out here, Tim. Charlotte, what's her last name? Japan Brad. <laughs> it's uh, not an easy last name. She happens to reside in Switzerland. Unbelievably brilliant individual, speaks six languages. Um, they call her the megawatt winner. I am convinced she could power a small city with the energy that she showed us at the show. It was um, unbelievable, and I would highly recommend uh, listening to her as well as the other uh, interviews. They're very informative, and uh, perhaps they would give you reason and cause to uh, join in and go to the event next year, which, by the way, is going to be in... Houston, and uh, that'll be uh, uh, that'll be fun. And Houston is making a lot of a lot of money in oil right now. Uh, maybe maybe oil will be about eighty dollars a, 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 uh, a barrel. You know, I don't mind paying for it at the gas pump as long as it's eighty dollars a barrel. We know manufacturing is really cooking. 
Yes, all those people who said you'll never see oil over a hundred dollars a barrel. I just saw an article that said there's a possibility, you know, unless yeah, yeah, unless oil could go over a hundred dollars a barrel again. So you brace yourselves. <laughs> just start saving your nickels lose. and dimes. That's right. And that kind of wraps up our segment of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Norbert Orr speaking on the global purchasing manager's indices that he follows. All of our shows are at mfgtalkradio.com. You can search on any topic that you would like to find a particular show. You can also check out that site. There will be a link over to Women in Manufacturing over in the right-hand toolbar. Or you can go to womenandmfg.com. We've got some great interviews with accomplished women being interviewed by accomplished women, amazing information comes out in those interviews. We encourage all of our listeners to listen to those. And thank you for listening to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us today. on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>